Welcome, everybody. It's time for another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. So grab your board. We're going to catch the latest wave and ride it along here with Matt Hines from Hines Marketing. Hey, Matt. Hey, Paul. How are we doing? Okay. Where are you at in the world today? We are downtown Seattle today uh, amidst meetings, and this is a nice busy day, beginning of March, last month of Q1. Can't believe we're already there, and we're going to jump right in, Paul. No, we'll, we'll talk about the weather later. We'll talk about <laughs> how to get additional copies of uh, past episodes of Sales Pipeline Radio. We, we we talk about moving quickly today. We are. I'm really excited for our guest. He's only got uh, part of the show with us because he is fast moving. One of the most uh, one of the most influential people people in B2B marketing over the last several years, Kevin Ack. Who was the former uh, executive vice president, general manager of the Oracle Marketing Cloud, was the chief operating officer at Jigsaw. Many of you who are familiar with data.com from Salesforce, that was originally Jigsaw back in the day, and he's been in the space for, for a long time. He's now the CEO of Cision, which is leading the way in, in communication, uh, kind of communication as a service and the communication cloud. Kevin, thanks for joining us today. Really glad to be here, Matt. Thanks for having me. Well, I know that uh, not only are you crazy busy and have tons of stuff going on, but uh, you were able to sort of last minute fill in for uh, for another guest that couldn't make it. So really, really appreciate that. And would you know definitely want to talk about what you guys are doing with the communication cloud. But first, I mean, you've been in, you know, this is a this show is all about sales pipeline and sales and marketing technology, and you've been in that space for a long time. Talk a little bit about what you've seen in terms of the evolution of B two B sales and marketing from when you started to where you're at today. That's a great question. Now, I think it, it's funny. It's a two-sided answer there. On the one hand, a lot's changed, um, and most of that's kind of technology-driven. Either the technology that we have at our disposal as sales leaders to try to go drive enablement and productivity and effectiveness of our sales organizations, you know, whether they're small, you know, medium or big, and and probably more poignantly, the customers that we sell to in a B two B environment, right? Their, their world has changed. Uh, right, they're they're using they're they're social now. They never used to be. Right, they're they're self-educating themselves. Right, you you read the stats, and I you know I, having been in sales for 25 years, I believe them. They've taken a lot of the, the power out of the sales cycle right away from us. And B2B, they they educate themselves. They're digital. They're educated. They they go do their research. Right, a lot of times they'll decide whether you even get the chance to you know put the opportunity in the pipeline because they're they're doing all the homework ahead of whether you even get invited to the dance. So how, how we've had to think about incorporating sales and all the supporting functions with the technology side, both for ourselves and more importantly, how customers actually evaluate pre-sales cycle, through sales cycle, and, and then make decisions. Tech is pretty radically uh, shifted there. So on the one hand, you got all this new stuff. you got to constantly keep your teams. But on the other hand, Matt, you, you, know, you know my opinion because you and I have known each other for a decade now. Some of the fundamentals, right, um, yeah. have never been more true, right? And I think I think the tech challenges and the digitization and people talk about consumerization. So while focusing on the new, it makes it even more important to focus on the fundamentals, uh, right? The the right process fundamentals, the right do it by the metrics, not you know the science, not just the art, and and and, and you know kind of train the exact same way we've done. So it's one of those really interesting things where. Nailing the fundamentals have never been important, but the fundamentals have got to be inclusive of all this uh, channel and digital and technology change that, uh, that the buyers live in these days. That's, that's what I think is the most interesting challenge right now and why we need to invest so heavily in staying current. Well, I would agree with that. And I think that, you know, we look across what's happened across the pipeline. You know, the, 
people say, well, is this dead? Is cold calling dead? Is direct mail dead or trade shows dead? And I don't know that any of them are dead. I mean, like, you know, we have the same toolbox, but how you approach that, you know, the authenticity you bring to those channels, um, the, 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 the expectation of authenticity and interactivity is different. And, you know, you, with, with Cision, you guys are getting pretty deep into, you know, the communications field, corporate communications, and even things like PR, for example, have changed significant. I mean, gone are the days when, you know, PR people kind of hold, you know, close to the vest the news and, you know, uh, just put out press releases and think their job's done. So, you know, talk a little bit about how all this now relates to the communications field and B2B and how that started to shift as well. Yeah, no, I think it's never been more relevant. Same thing. Um, the fundamentals are the same, but, you know, what, what used to be an influencer maybe just was an analyst or maybe was just a reporter that covered the specific, you know, B2B tech space that I was in. Now, right, you've got communities, you've got blogs, you've got LinkedIn, you've got a lot of social, you know, you, you've got a very broader definition of influencer now. So that's changed, and the ability to have to go manage that complex influencer network and media landscape has changed in B2B pretty dramatically because it's not just 10 reporters that control, you know, everything like it was 20 years ago. But again, on the flip side, the core notion of PR and broader, right, earned media has never been more important, right? Because, boy, tech buyers or B2B buyers in general, it's less about what a company does in its advertising or its promotional campaigns or, you know, its, its, its fancy events. All those are important. But if I'm a tech buyer or, or a manufacturing buyer or a B2B financial services buyer or, you know, any kind of B2B buyer, I'm influenced more and more and more by trusted, credible third parties. Right, be, be those community or be they analysts or be they reporters or be they, you know, strong tech Twitter following. So the importance of actually brands reaching and influencing their end user buyers through third party trusted credible sources, that's PR, right? That's earned media. And I don't know a single head of revenue or a single head of marketing at a B2B customer that I work with that doesn't recognize that this whole shift into earned being even more important, trusted third parties being even more important, um, and therefore the management of this being more important than it ever has. Uh, so we, we find ourselves in, a, in, in one of those places where, hey, PR used to be king, right? It, it, it went away for a little bit. Now we're recognizing, boy, it's probably more important than it's ever been. You're right. It is. I mean, I, I think the, the power of PR, the power of that earned media has become more important. The, the rules have changed. And I think whereas a lot of CMOs have historically looked at what they can do, like direct marketing and pipeline activities have been really sort of the workhorse in terms of you know revenue attribution. They really haven't no. There's been a bit of a black hole when it comes to communication and corporate communications. And I think a lot of a lot of folks doing corporate communications have really maybe been given a pass because it really hasn't been as measurable and it's hard to sort of understand how does it put into the buying journey? How do we actually attribute uh, revenue or some kind of business value to all of that? But I think that's changing as well. Talk a little bit about, you know, what you guys are doing and what, what the communication cloud means um, and how you guys are really helping leading the charge changing that decision. This is going to sound like a shameless plug for Cision, so forgive me. It's not. <laughs> but it is part of the answer, right? A lot of people ask me, boy, why did you – why did you leave what you were doing there at Oracle Marketing Cloud? You're making a really big impact. And, and very true, right? The marketing clouds, be it the Adobe version, the IBM version, the Salesforce version, the Oracle version, seen billions of dollars on the vendor side shift from buying independent point solutions to these marketing cloud platforms because the line of business, that revenue line of business, that connectivity between sales and marketing to go drive higher revenue productivity has become very technology dependent. And, you know, when I was at Oracle and those my competitors at Adobe and Salesforce, we delivered these data, technology, and measurement platforms 
that allowed those lines of business to kind of modernize and transform themselves. And why I came to Incision is we're doing the exact same thing, uh, right? We are introducing the data measurement and technology platform to allow Marcom, right, earned media, and even classic PR to go through the same kind of business transformation that Adobe, Salesforce, and Oracle have enabled the paid media owned media and e-commerce folks. Um, and that's really it in a nutshell, right? It, it's worked so incredibly well in the rest of marketing, B2B and B2C. It's time for that to happen at Earned. And just like I've bought a huge collection of world's best assets and integrated them into a marketing cloud, right, where you could use a reference stack and, and, and one vendor versus having to work with 10 or 11 different point solutions and 10 or 11 different vendors, we're doing the exact same thing here at Vision. So that's exciting because Giving the communications officer one tool to use instead of 10 is a big deal. Probably more importantly, introducing the concept of measurability. I was at Oracle. I couldn't go to Larry Ellison and Mark Hurd and say, hey, look at my share of voice and get a pat on the back, right? I got kicked out of their office. Um, mm. They said, no, 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 show me, how, <laughs> show me how all those communications and PR spend drove leads. And with the assets we've put together, the fact that we can now close that loop, and it doesn't stop at the reporter or the analyst anymore. It actually says, well, how many? Right, people did it reach, and mm-hmm. how? What kind of engagement? Right, did it get to those people? And were those people from a visographic or a firmographic the type of B two B profile was after? Did we reach some completely different audience? And then, how many of those eyeballs actually turned into a web conversion or turned into a lead form in my marketing automation and ultimately converted into, you know, opportunities down to close one? And the fact that we are now closing that attribution loop and tying the, you know, what did the reporter? say about me in PC world all the way to how many leads did that put in the pipeline and how many multiply close, we're, we're handing the communications office the same kind of measurability and attribution that the paid media, commerce, and the owned media folks have had for uh, you know the last decade. And in doing that, it's, got, it's kind of that final step of monetization and measurement that is going to allow the pack that we know PR and earned has to be measurable in the eyes of the CFO and the CEO. And you know, one that's a big deal, and two, we quite frankly think that it's going to have a, a big effect on where budget's at because there's a big imbalance, right? Paid is not that effective, but it gets all the budget because it's measurable. As soon as you can actually start showing the measurement of earned, we think a lot of money is going to go into earned overall, um, and we think, quite frankly, a lot of money is going to flow out of paid and into earned, and, and probably quicker in B2B than it is to B2C. Talking today on Sales Pipeline Radio with Kevin Ackroyd, who's the CEO of Cision, a leading enterprise uh, communication cloud provider. And you may very well be a Cision customer and, and not know it. PR Newswire, which a lot of people use for their press releases, is part of the Cision, uh, Cision platform. And you know, I think what you're saying in terms of finally being able to, to bridge the attribution gap with uh, corporate communication and earned communication is is an important uh, advance for the CMO, important for the CFO, and I think equally important is the ability to bring these earned media channels together. I think you know press releases have existed in silos, analyst relations, influencer relations have been part of corporate communications, but have really been treated separately and not even really managed together, let alone measured together. Why is it important that we change that? Why is it important that these different efforts are managed together, measured, and, and evaluated together? Yeah, I, I think I think we learned on the other side of the house, right? We had to bring disparate tech together. I couldn't I couldn't have marketing automation separate from right top of funnel demand gen. I couldn't have that separate from CRM and opportunity management, and none of that could be separate from CPQ. We, we've we've all learned as modern right sellers to these lines of businesses that um, I had to bring that together. I, I had to do better integration around top of funnel 
right through to consideration, nurturing, through to closed, and then to upsell, cross-sell, and loyalty. And we really had to focus hard on a lot of the channels, right? Um, hey, that B2B buyer is the same buyer whether he's on Twitter or whether he's on LinkedIn or whether he's on a webinar or whether he's in a, in a face-to-face sales call. I've got to bring all of those customer touch points together to actually drive purchase behavior. And exact same thing here, right? Um, in this world, social and broadcast and radio and TV and web, I've got to actually consolidate all the channels. You know, that's one big deal. I've got to consolidate all the functions from targeting, which influencers matter. Then I've got to do all my campaign management and all my execution and distribution out to those people, right? I've then got to monitor, pick up, who, who said what? Who reported what? Who published what? Where? And finally, I've got to right. I've got to do all my um, efficacy monitoring and measurement. Who covered? What was the sentiment? How effective was the campaign? Did it, did it goose public perception the way I wanted it to, etc.? Now that we have this final layer, is did it actually turn into lead form conversions or opportunities or you know close one? The fact that I can have one reference system to do all that right and manage it with one toolkit, the workflow. And across, right, that the, the very beginning target all the way to the end, measure efficacy and optimize based on energy attribution. Just like the other marketing clouds that allowed, right, the line of business to, to have less technology better integrated that can do far more for me so I can actually drive the business instead of constantly be syncing disparate systems. That had the massive impact in B2B marketing, right, again, and, and, and paid known things like marketing automation or DMP to more effectively drive leads. We're going to see the exact same uh, benefits over here in the communications and their inside because uh, now people will be using that data tech and measurement stack to drive business results rather than uh, syncing 11 or 12 different systems across all the channels and all, across that whole life cycle. This is a great story, right? I mean, a great advancement. We haven't had this technology in the past. I think we, we are now able to sort of build technology to bridge that attribution gap. Uh, you know, what, what do you see as some of the barriers to entry for people? I mean, this sounds like a great story, but you know, I know that it's, you know, you, you guys, you, you fairly recently, fairly recently joined Cision, you know, have sort of put this together in the cloud format. I think it's a great way to go to market, but as much as we've seen research that demonstrates that earned media influencer marketing is vastly more efficient than even paid media, it is harder to track and it doesn't, it's not always, doesn't always have an immediate ROI. Are those kind of the couple reasons why people been, have been reticent to invest in this? And, and how do we help those CMOs and marketing leaders kind of get over the hump? Yeah, I think, I think there's two things there. It really does come with, it all ends up being the B2B buyer adoption, right? Like, and Matt, you know this intimately. You know, I acquired Eloqua as the marketing automation PC is an analogy. And Eloqua standalone is still, right, an incredible marketing automation. And even though I could prove beyond a shadow of a doubt to thousand buyers, hey, if you bolt on the DMP, Lukai, and all of a sudden you're feeding more high-quality leads faster in the top end of marketing automation, so that makes Eloqua more effective. And then, hey, right, I bought Maximizer. Hey, what if the website wasn't just a storefront, but it actually was an extension, right, of that lead conversion, lead nurturing process, not just the emails coming out of uh, Marketo or Eloqua, but the actual website itself. So that's why we went and bolted on, you know, Maximizer, d- despite the fact that it was almost no-brainer strong from a value props standpoint. You know, the customers have been doing the same thing for decades, right? So it, you can't trivialize the uh, the change management and just the adoption curve. It's always slower than it should be given how big the value is. And that's going to be no different here on B2B communications just like it was in B2B lead gen or B2B ad spending to, 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 to drive leads top of the funnel or, or B2B, you know, you know, web and mobile personalization so that those 
owned media attributes turn into you know lead conversion machines rather than digital brochures. So we're going to see all that. Um, that's that's the first part of it. And then the second part of it is, yeah, this is a muscle they've never used. I've never been able to actually walk into the CFO and the CMO and say, my communications drove not just sheer voice and reach. It drove X amount of actually impressions. It drove Y amount of engagement. I know exactly who right these B2B buyers and prospects are. And I'm going to show you how many, right, not just all this this reach. I'm going to show you how many of them actually came back to you know, B2B.com. I'm going to show you how many of them actually jumped into a Marketo or an Eloqua lead funnel. And ultimately, I'm going to be able to map that PR down to how many Opti's, you know, got opened up this month or this quarter in Salesforce.com or Microsoft Dynamics and CRM. And while that sound, that is the holy grail that we've been waiting for it for 30, 40 years, it's one thing to know it's there. It's another thing to actually retool your reporting, your analytics. You've got another sales to marketing kind of a Agreement on nomenclature and measurement. You've got to get the right. You got to get the CFO to you in another light. So that too is kind of a change management because they want it, but they have to change relatively fundamentally how they plug it in inside the rest of their B two B marketing and you know demand generation architecture. And they've got to go evangelize measurement just like we had to do with all the other technology and innovation. So I really think it just comes down to you know, how fast is the industry going to be willing to adopt these things and, and, and reap the benefit? But there's no other real fundamental flaw because we're, we're solving the big fundamental flaws, which is the integrated tech stack and the, and the lack of measurement. I know you got to run. I really, really appreciate you joining us, Kevin. We've been talking with Kevin Ackroyd, the CEO of Cision on the on corporate communication in the modern world and uh, earned media. Lots of great stuff. Going on. I know you got to run. Thanks very much, uh, Kevin, for joining us. We're going to take a quick break. Pay a couple bills. We'll be back. Talk a little more about Earn Media. What you can expect coming up from Sales Platform Radio. Lots more. We'll be right back. Sales Platform. Thanks a lot. ABM is everywhere, but seldom do you dive deep into the details of how a strategic ABM program works, can be launched, and scaled to impact your organization. Sign up now for the Modern Marketers Workshop ABM: From Strategy to Action and Results a fully online workshop, April 18th to the 20th, 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Pacific, each day. Visit www.heinzmarketing.com slash workshops. That's H-E-I-N-Z marketing.com and register today. Dive into the details of your ABM strategy. In a world where the speed of innovation and change in B2B marketing has never been greater, the only thing bigger is... The need for clarity, for a blueprint, for a guide to what's really working. And how about a way to apply it specifically today to increase sales pipeline growth, velocity, and most of all, conversion. That's what you'll find in the Modern Marketer's Field Guide. And, amazingly, you can download it for free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds, H-E-I-N-Z-M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G. It encompasses the entire sales and marketing cycle, but in quick bursts with lots of specific, actionable ideas, strategies, tactics you can put to work right away, like today. The loaded table of contents helps you narrow in and tackle a problem, and it's something you can come back to over and over again as a reference guide. Why not download your free copy of the Modern Marketer's Field Guide? It's free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds. H-E-I-N-Z, marketing. 
All right, back to uh, Matt to uh, wrap up the show here. I thought that was fascinating, and uh, and what a get for your show. I don't know if people realize how big Cision is. I was a yeah. PR person for 20 years, entertainment PR mostly, and uh, wow. I mean, they took over, and they, they put out not just PR Newswire and places like that, but they provide the handbooks or the what would you call them i guess you subscribe to these media lists that's how you find out who the technology reporter for the dallas morning news herald is yeah no i mean Cision has um i mean very big player in the market i can see a lot more from them i think but they're doing a nice job i mean this is what kevin did at the at oracle for the oracle marketing cloud is you had a lot of these disparate technology tools that did good things on their own, but together they were more powerful. Integrating those into a way that makes it easier to manage and then drive results. Uh, you know, he did it with the, you know, sort of, you know, marketing automation space. They're doing it again now in communication. And, uh, yeah, definitely, you know, love having him on the show. He's a good friend, uh, for a long time. And, uh, I mean, the idea of earned media is not, it's been around for a while. Oh, you know? I, I was doing this in the 80s. That's, I'm dating myself here, but I was a PR person in the 80s and 90s. And our problem was always we couldn't prove what it did. We know it did something. You know, yeah. you you got a story in the Wall Street Journal, hooray. And the, maybe the phone rang more, but it, it had a major impact, but you couldn't ever quantify it. The fact that he's trying to drill that down and to say, we not only can show you the power of how many people it reached, but what they did with it afterwards, that's unheard of. Well, I think, you know, when we put names on things, we call it these earned media, and then even, like, we call, you know, social selling that we've been talking about for a couple of years. Like, right. we may, you know, be have more advanced tools, but the fact that we sell earlier in the buying process, the fact that we build relationships and stay in touch with folks. Right. You know, my dad didn't have social media tools, but when he was selling Caterpillar tractor equipment for 35 years, he was definitely doing social selling yeah. without Twitter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? right. Yeah, we did. We didn't recall it earned media. It was just, you know, there was advertising and there was PR. PR was, yeah, and you had to get somebody like me, a PR professional, to go pitch your story. In the real old days, we were press agents. We were your agent yeah. to go sell your story to get somebody to write about it here. Well, and one of the disad- I mean, one of the disadvantages for earned media in today's world of attribution and metrics and having more data to see what's working is that. You know, sometimes earned media has historically been difficult to measure. It's been more difficult to know whether it's working. You know, we have study after study after study that demonstrates how powerful word of mouth is, like how much more powerful it is than paid media in terms of getting and keeping Absolutely, because you trust it. it. It's it's a third party telling your story, not you. If you put an ad in the paper, I immediately distrust it. Mm, what's wrong with that? It, it's intuitive. I mean, it, it all makes sense. But I think what, what we find too often now is because we can so precisely measure you know, what happens with our ads, because we can right. so precisely see what happens when we set something up and execute that in a digital channel. There's a decreasing uh, amount of patience, I think, or letting earned media marinate to let it mature and let it work. Right. Well, fascinating stuff. I'd love to find out more about how they plan to, how they are tracking and how they plan to improve the tracking metrics. Because you're right. If people could track it the same way they do an ad, I think he's right. I think people would move their money from paid advertising to earned media to what I still call PR because people trust it more than they do your own story. 
That's right. Yeah, they do. And I, and I think that, at, you know, improving attribution is key. Uh, you know, in some companies, you know, they're the clock's ticking on the money that they have, and so they want things that are going to work faster. I think you're almost always going to pay a premium on things you need to work today. If you're looking for, you know, Gartner tells us that 3 to 4% of any given market is actively searching for a solution. They're actively buying. Right. You know, and there's 46% of the market, according to that same research, 46% of any market is poised, meaning they're maybe the right person in the right company, and it just it's a matter of time. Well, that 46% is a lot more cost-effective to engage and build relationship with so that you are the third vendor when they choose. If you really need to find a certain number of that 3 to 4% right now, you can do it. It's expensive. Yeah, exactly. Fascinating stuff. Well, you're always uh, opening my eyes to things. I I applaud you. I, I just wanted to simply tout to people who may not realize Cision is huge, and there's certainly a leader or the leader in this space, providing PR people the tools they need to practice their trade. Kevin didn't have to come on and do the commercial. You just did it for I them. just did it for him. Oh, they're great. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, definitely excited to have Kevin on here. We moved the format a little bit uh, to accommodate his schedule. Uh, he really did kind of uh, save us. We had a, a guest who couldn't make it today. We're going to feature her in an episode here, I think, in about a month, so we'll get her back in April. But uh, thanks very much to Kevin Aykroyd, CEO of Cision. If you want to check them out, uh, Cision is spelled C-I-S-I-O-N. That's C-I-S-I-O-N.com. Um, and uh, check them out. They do a good job of creating content that's really valuable, kind of teach people how to think about earned media as well. If you want to hear more from Kevin, uh, you can check us out. Uh, the recording from today's episode will be available on salespipelineradio.com next week. Uh, you'll be able to find us, uh, Kevin, as well as all of our future and past episodes on the iTunes and Google Play feed. Just search for Sales Pipeline Radio in your favorite podcast directory. And the transcript of today's conversation will also be on our blog at HeinzMarketing.com in about a week and a half on March 3rd. We got some great guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. We do have Mark Cardone, who is the author of 10X. He is the founder of the 10X conference. It's going to be uh, fantastic to hear from him. Have some additional people who are practitioners in the B2B space, as we always do here on Sales Pipeline Radio. We are always featuring leaders in the sales and marketing space to help you build, manage, and convert bigger pipelines of business. But for today, we're out of time. I want to thank again Kevin Ackroyd, our guest. Thank my great producer, Paul. On behalf of everybody working on the show, this is Matt Hines. Thanks for listening to Sales Pipeline Radio. Once again, you've been riding the sales pipeline with Matt Hines from Hines Marketing. Part of the funnel radio channel for at-work listeners like you.